Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Wednesday, September 27. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in the New York metropolitan area. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Caroline Ely. And I'm Jaya Joyce. And here's What's What near you. Students across New York City will now receive information about HIV in schools. The Department of Education launched a new program called Growing Up and Staying Safe, New York City's K-12 HIV education curriculum. It'll be taught to every grade in New York City public schools, the largest public school district in the U.S. Schools Chancellor David Banks says that this revised curriculum is student-centered and also rooted in equity. It incorporates direct feedback from educators and students. There are 71 new student lessons that are age-appropriate. They'll reflect things like recent advances in treatment guidelines and becoming advocates. Chancellor Banks urges that this initiative is part of an ongoing commitment to student health and well-being and access to quality sexual health education. In 2021, New York City saw almost 600 new HIV diagnoses in ages 13 through 29. The House and Senate are divided over federal funding, which could lead the U.S. towards a government shutdown. But what would this mean for New Yorkers? Well, to start, this would have a big impact on federal workers. There are over 60,000 government employees in New York. A shutdown would mean they'll have to work unpaid until it's over. Federal grants could also be delayed. This impacts local agencies and programs like SNAP, which addresses food insecurity. National parks and museums will also shut down. Lawmakers have until October 1st to reach an agreement. Tonight is the second Republican debate of the 2024 election cycle and is scheduled to begin at 9 p.m. Eastern. It'll be hosted at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute in California. Tune in tomorrow to our special edition episode of the What's What podcast, where we will have WFUV's Jay Doherty and David Escobar doing a full recap of tonight's GOP debate. Connecticut's minimum wage has risen significantly in the past few years. And as WFUV's Grace Galbraith reports, some new legislation is aimed at making sure the state's minimum wage keeps pace with its tri-state neighbors. Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont and Lieutenant Governor Susan Beisowitz announced a gradual rise to Connecticut's minimum wage. The new state minimum wage will be calculated based on the U.S. Department of Labor's Employment Cost Index. In January, it is increasing from $15 an hour to $15.69. State Senator May Flexer said the annual increase will have a large impact on all of Connecticut. This is going to have a direct impact in so many families. I grew up in a family where my parents at times earned at or just above the minimum wage, and every single penny that came into our house went back out the door. And there are so many families in this community where that is the case. This is going to be life-changing. The state minimum wage will continue to be adjusted annually beginning in January 2024. For WFUV News, I'm Grace Galbraith. That was WFUV's Grace Galbraith talking about Connecticut's rising minimum wage. Tonight at sunset, the Empire State Building will shine in Gryffindor red, Hufflepuff yellow, Ravenclaw blue, and Slytherin green. That's right, Jaya. The event tonight is to commemorate the 25th anniversary of the very first Harry Potter book published in the United States. 
a cart with free copies of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone and bottled butterbeer will be on the 86th floor observatory deck for superfans who purchase tickets online. And I'm sure there will be plenty of superfans because the Harry Potter books are still the best-selling book series of all time with 600 million copies sold worldwide. And now it's time for sports. Basketball at the Barclays Center may not be over just yet, and the Jets are making moves to fill their Hall of fame size void after Aaron Rodgers' injury. But first, we've got more on a historic retirement from the U.S. women's national team. Here with the latest is WFUV sports reporter Andy Rodriguez. Welcome to the show, Andy. Hey, guys. It's great to be with you today. So how did the U.S. team send off their captain? Well, there was a resounding echo of cheers for Megan Rapinoe on Sunday as she played her final match for the U.S. women's national team. But for fans who followed along with her throughout the past decade, it's almost impossible not to look back at her historic career. Tracing all the way back to her debut in 2006, she made an astounding 203 appearances. She racked up 63 goals and 73 assists in that span. And in the process, she was met with nothing short of success by becoming an Olympic champion in 2012, and two-time World Cup winner in 2015 and 2019. But it was that performance in the 2019 World Cup that would ensure the world would remember her name. After leading the team to glory, she was recognized with the Ballon d'Or as well as FIFA's The Best Award. While her on-field accolades are impressive enough, her off-the-field activism is equally as important. Her advocacy for women's sports, the LGBTQ community, racial equality, and more did not go unnoticed as in 2022, she was recognized with the Presidential Medal of Freedom at the White House. What a legacy she's leaving behind. All right, let's move on to some basketball. It looks like Liberty may turn things around after all, after last night. Well, it was definitely a big bounce-back performance for the Liberty last night at the Barclays Center. After losing the first game in the playoff series, they took down the Connecticut Sun to even the series 1-1. to and it was a tight game for the most part, with the fourth quarter starting off with the Liberty leading by just two points. But all five of the Liberty starters got it done, each of them posting double figures to make it an 84-77 win. But the biggest winner of last night was definitely Liberty star forward Brianna Stewart, as she was presented as a WNBA MVP for the 2023 season before the start of the game. And now with the series being level, the Liberty will travel to Connecticut for the next two games, where they'll be forced to win at least one of the away games to keep their chances alive and chase the dream of a first WNBA championship. New Yorkers will have to wait till Friday to see how that series unfolds, but we haven't had to wait long to see the downfall of the Jets this year. Is there any way this team could salvage their season, Andy? Well, without Aaron Rodgers, this team is definitely struggling to find ways to win. They've had to rely on Zach Wilson for the last three games, but Wilson's failed to impress, only being able to create three touchdowns in the three games. Jets faithful, including former Jet and Hall of Fame quarterback Joe Namath, have been clamoring for a change at quarterback for the Jets to at least acquire more depth at the position. And well, the Jets answered those calls, but it may not be what people were hoping for. They picked up free agent veteran quarterback Trevor Simeon to join their practice squad. However, this is far from the replacement the fans were hoping for. Simeon has only started 30 games over the past eight seasons. All right, and while we've still got you, I've got to ask one more bit of NFL-related news. What's going on with Travis Kelsey? <laughs> Honestly, I don't think anyone really knows. Some might know of Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey, especially after last year's Super Bowl where he faced off against his brother. But recently, his name has been swirling in the headlines for a 
different kind of relationship. And that is because after weeks of rumors of Kelsey dating pop superstar Taylor Swift, Taylor actually showed up to the Chiefs game to watch him play. I mean, she was even in Kelsey's suite sitting next to his mom. How crazy is that? And it definitely helped boost Travis's popularity, as after Sunday's match, Kelsey merch has gone up nearly 400%, with a lot of the different shirt styles being sold out in almost every size. The NFL has definitely made the most out of this by posting multiple Taylor-related TikToks, including a hilarious guide to football for Swifties. Well, I think one thing is for sure, it looks like we've got a new NFL power couple, and now I might actually watch the rest of the season. Andy Rodriguez is a reporter with WFUV Sports. Andy, thanks again so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. And on this day in 1986, the infamous Beatles song Twist and Shout re-entered the U.S. singles chart. The song regained popularity 25 years after its initial release when it was featured in the film Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And that's our show for today. But check back with us tomorrow around 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And as always, you can find more from us at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm Caroline Ely. And I'm Jaya Joyce. And that's What's What.